0: Good morning, everyone. Morning. Happy Lord's Day. And uh, um, this is our celebration between two, uh, I guess, Chris, uh, Christian feasts, right? One is Thanksgiving, one is uh, Christmas, all right? And uh, we should be thanksgiving, uh, giving thanks in both, right? One for God giving us this country, one for God giving us Jesus Christ, Okay, and uh, it's all great grace from God. And uh, today, as we are doing our communion, uh, we're going to review a theme of trusting God, and it's related to today's theme. So let's give God a moment of confession, clean our heart so that God can fill us with grace and glory. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, we come to you to acknowledge you as a great creator, the only eternal being, and uh, you created us for love, so you gave us free will, you gave us a test, our ancestors failed. They sinned, and all of us were born in sin, and being sinners, we sin. And sin produces evil, and evil produces suffering, and through the suffering, you have given us a choice. Do we join the greater evil that gives us suffering or do we turn away from evil and seek for the good and ultimately believing in God? Thank you for giving us the greatest grace of all. You sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to come into this world to die, to pay for our sins so that we can be saved not by works, for that does not bring perfection and does not bring to salvation, but through faith in the grace that you provided through giving your only begotten beloved Son. And thank you for giving us the other way of salvation, not the way of the law and works, but the way of faith and grace. And through the Holy Spirit, you have turned us to go the other way, the only way that can lead us through the cross to the gates of heaven. And uh, thank you for bringing us today through Christ Jesus into your family. We're not only accepted by you, we're adopted by you into your family. And we're given the Holy Spirit, we're only given, we are also given the, the Bible, your word, so that we can understand and we can obey and through obedience we can sense your goodness and we can enjoy your presence now and prepare (laughs) to be sanctified and to live with you in holiness and love for the eternity to come. So today, as we come to you, we confess all of the sins that we have committed since the last time we have done communion. Any thoughts, words, and acts that have fallen short of the life of Christ, the glorified life of Christ, with holiness, righteousness, justice, and love. Anything that fallen short of Your law, um, externally and internally, we come to You confessing and uh, giving You a vow that after You letting us know where we have fallen short, we will do our best, and by Your power and for Your glory, to change, to let the Holy Spirit transform you to be Christ-like. And by doing that, Your name shall be glorified through our lives, and then other people may be attracted into your family. We pray in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. Please distribute this. In our communion devotional, we have done several series. One on comparing the two covenants, and then now we're doing the, uh, um, the spirit of the law. <coughs> <Okay>. um, <coughs> we are in the new covenant, which is better than the old covenant. Christians, in a sense, is above the law, since we're not judged by the law. Huh. We have been already given forgiveness, uh, totally immunity from our, our uh, transgression. And that's great but does that mean we should turn against the law and be antinomian? Absolutely not, okay? The law is good. The law has grace in it, okay? And the law reviews the character of God. The law is also a guidance for believer's life, okay? And uh, what is, what the New Testament says, the letter of the law kills, but the spirit of the law gives life. So what is the spirit of the law, okay? It's a general idea. It's a principle through the outline of the, of the law, which is the Ten Commandments, popularly called. It should be called Decalogue, Ten Words, okay, or Ten Concepts. Okay, we are now in the fourth word in our series. Okay? The fourth word is about the Sabbath day. Okay? Uh, the first, the spirit of the law, for the first one is be grateful, right? The second one is be faithful. The third one is be consistent. Now, the fourth one I will propose is be trusting, okay? And the the, the word says this uh, in Exodus 20, verse um, eight. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it, you shall not do any work. Or uh, you or your son or your daughter, or your male or your male, uh, female servants, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the, seal, the sea and all that's in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Okay. The fourth commandment is the only one that in the two issuing of the law is different. In the uh, uh, Exodus, which is for the first generation that came out of Egypt, uh, it says the reason to keep the Sabbath day is to remember God's creation. He rested on the seventh day. And uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, where it was issued to the second generation that came out of Egypt, for them, the reason of remembering, uh, of keeping the Sabbath is to compel them. To give rest to their servants, which they will have once they conquer the land, you see. So, uh, one is remembering God's creation, one is remembering God's redemption. See, God saved them and gave them rest, so now they should give rest to their servants. Okay? So, the reasons are different, but they are all talking about resting on the seventh day of the week which is in our time, Saturday, okay? And why resting on the Saturday? Well, it's the last day of the week, okay? When you rest on the last day of the week, it means that you are expecting God's work in the next time, next period, okay? So for for the people of Israel, they are in the visible kingdom of God, physical, not necessarily spiritual. So that is not the real deal yet. Okay. And then God is t- telling the Israelites, you need to rest and expect God's work in the next period, which is the spiritual kingdom. You see, Christians, we are already in the spiritual kingdom. That's why we don't need to wait. So that's why for the Christians, it's not Sabbath worship, it's Lord's Day worship. It's not defined by uh, not doing things, but it's defined by doing at least one thing, which is worshiping Christ, Jesus. Okay, so that's the difference. W- why we're not in the or- original one, but in the, the, the new one is because we already entered the spiritual kingdom, which is the goal, which is what the Israelites are waiting for. So that is why the, no- the fourth commandment is the only one of the ten commandments that is not Reissued in the uh, uh, in the New Testament, the other nine have been re- all reissued. This one is not. Okay, but what is the spiritual law that keeps in it? It's trusting in God. You see, when you give one seven of your time to God, okay, do you believe that God will give you more or less for life? Actually, more. Okay. The associated case laws, we know there are ten commandments, there are, there are case laws, right? The associated case law to the fourth commandment, they are related to tithe, giving the firstborn. Okay. But by giving these and attending the feasts, by giving this time and money uh, to God, do you believe God will give you more or less because of it? actually more if you do that then you are trusting in god okay that's what these laws are for they're there to test you if you trust god if you trust then god will show that he is good you're gonna feel the goodness of his will but if you don't trust if you believe everything you gain is because of your effort and god is no part of it then good luck keep on okay so that's, that's the point of view. And keeping the feasts, remember the feasts have spring feasts and fall feasts, right? The spring feasts prophesied Jesus' first coming, the second fall feasts prophesied Jesus' second coming. So for the Jews who knew nothing about Christ, obey, observing the feasts implied their trusting in God to send Christ in his two comings, you see? These are all leading to their salvation in the future. So for us who already know it, do we still need to keep the feast, or we simply just need to trust in Christ? Just trust in Christ. We don't need to repeat it anymore. Okay? So Christ gave us His body, sinless body, to die for our sins. It's undeserved death. We take this in remembrance of Him. Christ shed His blood on the cross to cover us from God's wrath. We're now freed from God's wrath on our sins. And uh, we are freed from God's wrath to the world. And we are expecting the second coming of Christ when he shall drink real wine and celebrate his success in sanctifying us and keeping us and making us beautiful in his eyes through the Holy Spirit. So in memory of his past work and the future promise, we take this in remembrance of Him. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for loving us by coming to save us. And uh, thank you for giving your life to redeem us and to cover us from the, uh, the curse from the Holy Father. And thank you for becoming sin, being the one without sin on the cross, so that we who have sin are now redeemed and freed from the punishment of eternal death, and now your righteousness transferred to us so that we have the hope of eternal life. Thank you for your love, and we pray that your love being received by us will transform us and unite us and will change us to become uh, like you. And we pray that this process of sanctification is learned and, uh, and it works and it will be effective so that when you come again, you will, we will be harmonious to you and not in contrary to you. And we pray that you call us faithful by them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.